Good morning. How are we doing? Good to uh, see you today. And uh, we, we made it through the snow. We got here. That's good. Uh, we are in the last week of our series entitled, uh, Lord, uh, Teach Us to Pray. And this week we're going to be looking at verse 13 in Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and take them out. Turn to Matthew 6. Uh, we'll be looking, drilling down on verse uh, 13. Last week we learned about praying for our daily needs in verses 11 and 12. Uh, we have seen that this prayer calls on the Father seeking to supply uh, our day-by-day -day needs. We pray for forgiveness uh, uh, of those sins that are a part of our daily lives. And here we're going to address another need that comes up, uh, I think, on a daily basis probably. Here we seek help in our battle with sin and temptation. First word of verse 13 is and. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This word right here ties this request with the other request for bread and, and for forgiveness and for grace to forgive others. And as we have moved through these phrases that make up the Lord's Prayer, uh, we began at the feet of the Father, praising Him and professing our desire to see His kingdom done on earth as it is in heaven. We've also descended from glory in the valley of our, our practical daily existence. We've confessed our, our greatest dependence on Jesus for the necessities of our body and souls. And now we just keep going even further this morning as we consider the possibility that just as sin has infested our past, that there are sins that will lie on the horizon in the future in our lives. This verse is all about trusting the Lord in the greatest battle that we face in life. And this battle is not to put food on the table or clothes on our backs. This is not the battle to approach God for forgiveness or even the battle to forgive those who have treated us so very wrong. Rather, this is a battle that we face every day as we fight the temptations of the flesh and the attacks of the devil. This verse teaches us that we must rely on the Lord if we expect to have victory. So let's go ahead and jump into verse 13. Go ahead and take your note sheets um, on your program there and you can follow along with me as we uh, look at um, how we can fight against temptation. And let's just start with looking at the issue of temptation, right? First part of verse 13, and lead us not into temptation. Simple sentence, but there is a lot packed into it. I think as we dive into this part of verse 13, it will offer us some help in our own battle with temptation. This statement requires the leadership of the Lord in our lives. And I think we would all agree that the Heavenly Father is a sovereign God. Right? He controls all of life and he directs his children. And since this is true, does that mean that God leads us into places where we're tempted to sin? Let me help you with the answer. No. 
James talks a lot about this in James 1, verse 13. He said, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For those cannot be tempted with evil. Or for God cannot be tempted with evil. For he himself tempts what? No one. Temptation does not come from God. Though, though he might allow it at a time, he himself does not entice us to evil. Though God may test our faith without the solicitation uh, uh, of evil. James knew that most people have a tendency to blame God when, when they find themselves in temptations and in trials. And yet by his very nature, God is unable to either be tempted in the sense that we are tempted, nor does he tempt anyone else. It's like when Adam was tempted in the garden and fell into sin, right? Remember who did he blame? Right, even God. But the reality is it was Adam and Adam alone who fell into temptation or fell to that temptation. God never leads us in direct contact with sin. But as we travel the path of life and, and trials and we face temptations and we have this potential to fail, and we may sin. And when we do, the fault lies with us and us alone. So what's the Lord telling us to pray? Well, from what I can gather, the request is saying something like this. Lord, please don't lead us into a trial that will present a temptation that is stronger than our power to resist it. So since this is true, where does the temptation come from? Again, James tells us very clearly that temptation comes from within where? The human heart. James 1, 14 and 15, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then, then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. And the point here is that our flesh is so flawed and, and given over to sin. And when temptation comes our way, it's not the Lord's fault. Not even sure it's Satan's fault. Now, Satan certainly tempts us, but the only reason temptation has a hook in us is because of our fallen nature. We often give Satan, I think, too much credit for his tempting power. And we fail to realize it's our own desires. That lures us and entices us. And at the end of the day, it's our own fault that we give in temptation. Which is hard to swallow because we want to blame somebody else, right? Let me also say that temptation in and of itself, it's not a sin. But the very moment temptation is embraced and acted on, a sin is the result. 2 Samuel 11.2, it happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch. He was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. Now, David has a bunch of issues, right? Well, like he should have been on the battlefield instead of staying back. But the reality is, David just seeing Bathsheba on the, on the rooftop, if he was looking, turned away, that's not necessarily a sin. But when he desired and pursued, when David sent that guy to go get her so he could have her for himself, sin was born. At the end of the day, you know the story, that sin led to what? Death and destruction. Heard, heard the story of two monks who were walking along. They came to a river. 
kept getting across the river was a young woman. And she was scared and, and it was kind of flowing really strongly and she was afraid to go across. And so one monk picked her up, carried her across the river, sat her down on the other side. So the monks continued to go on their way. And after a bit, one monk said to the other, I'm bothered by the fact that you as a monk were not supposed to even look on a woman, let alone touch one. And you picked her up, carried across the river, and you were not bothered by your transgression at all. The other monk said this to him. He said, brother, I put that woman down on the bank of the river, but you still have her in your heart. That, my friends, is the essence of temptation. It's a problem within us. The heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. Now, when we pray and call on our Heavenly Father, we are praising Him, we're seeking His will and confessing our dependence on Him for every need that we have. And when we've seen throughout this Lord's Prayer, when we pray, forgive my debts, and we're looking back to the past, when we pray, give me this day my daily bread, we're looking at the presence. And, and when we pray, lead me not into temptation, we're looking where? To the future. And as we do that, we're also very aware that sin will happen again. How many have done this? Uh, where, where we sin and we go to God, we confess it, right? And we vow to, to leave that like I am, will not do that sin anymore, God. Ever prayed that? Okay, just me, right? Okay, that's fine. And yet before we know it, we've committed the same sin over and over again. I'm just saying this morning that we all need a helper who is greater than we are. We need someone that can strengthen us in times of temptation. We need Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The second thing that we see in our fight against temptation this morning is the power of temptation. The need for us to pray for, for, for the Lord's protection from temptation is so great because we fail so often. Right? We've already talked about our tendency to sin, our hunger for sin, our capacity for sin as it sits in our own hearts. Temptation is just the outgrowth of, of who we are by nature. That's why it's hard for us to resist. And the reality is what tempts you may not tempt me and what tempts me may not tempt you. We are drawn away by our, by our own lust and our own desires. Right? We are enticed, as James 1 talks about. That word enticed comes from the word mean, meaning to bait. When we are tempted by our old nature, it's baiting our new nature to go back to the old way of life. And of course, the, no, the devil knows what tempts us, and he'll see to it that those things are constantly in your face. In hopes that we will sin and disgrace the name of Jesus. I just believe that temptation is a powerful opponent, and most Christians don't realize how powerful it really is. I hear this statement all the time. People will tell me, like, temptation was so powerful, I just couldn't resist. The reality is, is that person, I don't think, has any idea of its power. Right? The person who, who has stood up against temptation and, and has victory over temptation, that's the person that understands the power of temptation. Last week, I slipped on the ice out here. It was awesome. 
got like this huge mass of bruise down my hip. You know what I realized? Got to thinking about this. I realized the power of ice. Like we had like two inches, of, or no, we had like a half an inch of snow last week, and it just kind of covered the parking lot. Most of the parking lot was good, except for this one spot. And I stepped on that spot. And I realized that ice took me exactly where it wanted me to go. Feet straight up, right on the hill. I, I realized I, I didn't put up much of a fight. It was quick. I, I, I fell, I bruised up, and it hurt real bad. And so I thought... That's the way it is with temptation and sin. When we yield to the attractions of the flesh and the world, we find it easy going into, into temptation, and it takes us exactly where it wants us to go. And it leads us to a bad place, and it tries to hurt us really bad. But when we stand up and we stand our ground, we refuse to give in to temptation, it is then we figure out how much power and pull it has in our lives. Thank God the power of temptation has no more power in our lives than we allow it to have. Like we can walk. I could have walked around the ice. We could avoid and run from the ice so we don't fall. Now, I've shared this before, but I have this little card in my Bible. It's laminated. At the top, it just says resist temptation. It's on my phone as well. There's just six practical steps. Number one, pray. Number two, read scripture. Number three, be assertive and rebuke it. Number four, destroy the triggers. Number five, avoid, avoid, avoid. And number six, run. I'll say it again because last service they were like, we can't write that fast. <laughs> pray. Read scripture. Be assertive and rebuke it. Destroy the triggers. Avoid, avoid, avoid. And run. If we want to stand up against temptation, God has given us some promises to strengthen us in the midst of temptation. Promises like we read in Isaiah 43, 2, when we pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. Through, through any potential obstacle, God will be with us. In the deep waters, I'll be with you. Walking through the fire, you shall not be burned. God is with us. He is for us, and, and, and who can be against us? But then in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtake you. That's not common demand. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. You know, we often excuse our particular tempting circumstances as unique or, or, or special to, to us. Right? It's just not true. God reminds us that our temptation is not unique. Many other men and women of God have faced the same or similar temptation and they have found the strength in God to overcome that temptation. You're not alone in this. God has promised not only 
to limit our temptation, but he also provides a way of escape in tempting times. He will never force us to use that way of escape, but he will make the way of escape available. Right? You just got to do it. Temptation may be a powerful foe, but it's not in the same league as our Lord and Savior. Right? He gives us victory when we put our trust in him. Jesus died on the cross so we can defeat the enemy in this day-to-day battle. All right, final thing is we notice our battle against temptation, the game plan in temptation. The verse closes with the words, last part of verse 13, but deliver us from evil. Right? The phrase gives us the idea, but deliver us from the evil one. Here's the thing. Every believer, every Christian, the enemy hates you, right? And wants nothing more to see you fall and fail. Here's what the Bible says, Ephesians 6, 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Paul did not call the believer to enter into spiritual warfare. He simply announced it as a fact. Right? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities. Right? You are in a spiritual battle. And, and, and the fact that, that our real battle is not against flesh and blood, I think it's forgotten by a lot of Christians who put their efforts in, into that direction. Right? We get all worked up over this person or that person that disagrees with us or a particular style of worship or, or a particular preacher that preaches this or that or the other. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6, For we walk in the flesh. We are not waging war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your disobedience is complete. The battle is not about flesh and blood. The battle is spiritual, and we need God's help to defeat the enemy. When we pray, deliver us from evil or the evil one and call on the name of the Lord, asking for his power to stand against the devil, that's when victory comes. Remember what Jesus did in Matthew 4 when he was tempted in the wilderness? Right? He, 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 he turned to the spiritual resources of the Holy Spirit and the word of God as he stood against the evil one. Our success, we need to do exactly the same thing. We've been given the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to use. We are to be dressed in the whole armor of God to take a stand against the devil. And I believe we can have victory in the battle with temptation. Here's my challenge for you today as we close. And that is to pray about our need in the battle. And then to trust in Jesus in our hour of temptation. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word today. God, sometimes the enemy just attacks us and, and takes our feet right out from underneath us. And God, sometimes we fall. And we're so thankful that we can come before you and you're faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. We can confess our sin to you and, and, and you forgive us for that. We're, we're so thankful for that. Thank you for the armor that we have. 
that, that we can stand firm against the evil one. And, and in that, God, I pray that our eyes would be fixed solely upon you. God, don't let the enemy draw our eyes off of you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.